You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. So I ran up to my office to record the podcast because I just finished episodes one and two like you did of the last dance documentary on ESPN. Man, do we all need that. Whew. I felt great being able to. It's so weird. I'm going to talk about this more on the air tomorrow. If It's so weird to actually have something good that we were all experiencing because it hasn't happened in a little while. So to be able to share an event where lives weren't lost and we weren't thinking about all the horrible things that we've been going through over the last six weeks as a country. Pretty great. That was fun. Like interacting with people on Twitter to me was a lot of fun and watching this documentary, man. My first observation from this is I don't know how you contain this story in 10 episodes. We're two episodes in, and we're not going to get to Dennis Rodman until the third episode. All of this stuff, like all of this footage, I'm trying to figure out what's on the cutting room floor. And is there going to be like extra episodes of this that we're going to see? Because there's just so much that is available to all of us. So much stuff that's on the cutting room floor. I can't even imagine. We haven't talked about Tony Kukoc yet. We haven't talked about Johnny Bach and Tex Winner yet. We haven't even really talked about Phil as a coach yet. We haven't talked about how Phil got hired. Like None of this stuff. So let me just tell you some of the things that I'm thinking about this, this episode. The footage is unreal. Being able to get that type of access to Michael Jordan, to have him be an active participant in it, I think is incredible. I also think that it's incredible that something like that didn't leak a long, 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 long time ago. But, you know, if you're Michael Jordan, you have a lot of power. Someone hit me to this before the documentary started friend of mine who knew what was going to go down, at least in the first couple of episodes, hit me to how things with Jerry Krause were going to be reignited. And I joked on Twitter that towards Krause's death a few years ago, there had kind of been this detente, like enough time had passed between the Bulls dynasty falling apart how bad things had been for the Bulls after Derrick Rose got hurt and Jerry Krause being sick, the Bulls fans were kind of like, 
yeah, he was really good at his job. That's eh, too bad he passed away. And like the beef was kind of squashed. Now I remember being a score listener back in the day, like in high school, listening to the score. And he used to get absolutely roasted, not just by fans, but by the host. And there was this kind of mutual, okay, like we respect what he did and he obviously worked hard and was very successful as a general manager. And then the band-aid gets ripped off. The wound gets opened back up again. Where you're hearing him talk like someone who thinks that he's the one that made all of this happen. And the idea, I, I, I understand the idea of, well, let's get ahead of it. Let's get ahead of, of us turning into a mediocre team, even though we have the best player on the planet. And possibly the second best player on the planet. I get it, but it really didn't make any sense. And then when you saw what what the rebuild under Jared Krause actually looked like at the end, boy, it was horrendous. But the level of petty that's going on from a bunch of different angles whether it's pettiness from Jordan's standpoint towards Kraus, Kraus's standpoint towards Jordan and Pippen, Pippen being the chief petty officer, just like, nah, I'm going to go have this surgery when I want to have this surgery. And I'm going I'm to talk about the general manager as much as possible. That's what I'm going to do. I love the way that they have this thing structured. I like that it's not linear. That you're telling the story of one season, but you have to talk you have to tell so many stories on how to get to that one season with a bunch of different individuals. How did Jordan become this type of player? How did Scotty become this type of player? Why was Phil so successful as a coach? How did Jerry Krause get here? How did Jerry Reinsdorf get here? And while we're talking about Jerry Reinsdorf, can we talk about his skin for a second? I don't know what the man is using for moisturizer, but whatever it is, I wonder if I can afford it. And before you tell me, well, rich people look like that, I offer you Jerry Jones. Jerry Reinsdorf is 84 years old, man. 84, not 83. He's 84 years old. And he looks great. So if any of y'all know Jerry and know what type of moisturizer he uses, could you hook a brother up? All right, some more observations from this. I like the structure. I like the storytelling. It's fun for me as someone who was on the tail end of this. Like I started my professional career in 1998. And I was working for Channel 9. And there's so much stuff that I didn't understand back then that I I have a better grasp of now. Like, you realize how big a deal WGN and WGN America was back then. Where you have the, the commissioner of the league holding a WGN mic flag to celebrate back then. And Krista Ruck, who was my boss 
she's over at Channel 2 now, but she was at Channel 9 back then. She tweeted out that David Stern hated that. Hated that that they had to hold a, a, a WGN mic flag. It's everywhere. It's fun for me to see all the old media people. I, I shouldn't say old. All of the media people that were there when I was coming up in the business and seeing them younger, seeing Jim Rose with a fro. And it that fro is banging. And, and I, I put this on Twitter. He's the longest tenured sportscaster in America. No sportscaster on television in America has been at the same place as long as Jim Rose has been at Channel 7. Period. And he was locked in, man. He was a guy that, that Jordan liked and respected, and he got good stuff. Seeing my guy Dan Roan, great hearing Rich King's voice on there. All that stuff is really cool, and I'm sure that it'll get cool. I'm, I'm halfway wondering if I can, like, spot my own hand because I used to go to those practices and hold microphones back in the day. That would be fun for me if I actually saw that. Getting the historical background and seeing all the people that they talk to. Look, when they put out the trailer, like, you kind of knew. But seeing the way that it's broken down where you have two presidents that have legitimate connections to this story. Like, it's not just like, oh, well, they're the president, so obviously. You have Bill Clinton being someone who was an actual Scottie Pippen fan from his days of being governor of Arkansas and watching Scottie Pippen play at Central Arkansas. You have President Obama, who was a broke student back then. The crazy thing about all this is that you have, I want to say at the same time, a young Adam Silver and a young Lori Lightfoot at the University of Chicago in 88. And Silver, like, beginning, I think he had tickets to the 88 All-Star Game, if I remember correctly from his press conference at this year's All-Star Game. The connections are just... The tentacles of it is just pretty crazy. But seeing all of these backstories of how players got to where they were and then seeing that the issues between player and management started really early on, that this wasn't something of everyone just started to wear on each other by the time we get to 1998. You're seeing that that people had problems with each other going all the way back to 85, 86. And that is incredible. I'm so looking forward to what's next because the Dennis Robin stuff to me is how you go from being the hated, most hated person for Bulls fans because of the stuff that he was doing to Scottie Pippen when he was with the Pistons to becoming a beloved figure in Chicago. Like, I can't I can't wait to see that. And I want to know about the interactions between Michael and Dennis. And everything that I've heard is that they did not get along outside of being on the court together. So how does that work? How do you function? And you're finding out all this stuff about how, how Jordan loved challenges, but... He 
didn't want to have to take on every piece of the responsibility and hearing him talk as lovingly about how important Scottie Pippen was to the partnership to me, I thought was dope. I'm a Scottie Stan. That's my favorite player of all time. But you see that there are, there are definitely some limitations to Scotty. And as we get further and further along in this, I imagine that those are going to be explored a little more deeply. But it's just fascinating and fun. And we needed it. I'm, I'm glad that ESPN got this together. I, I truly am. I can't wait to see what the ratings are. I don't think it'll be Super Bowl ratings, but I think it'll be NFC, AFC title game ratings for this one. And you're just sitting there going, I want more. Like, plug it into my, stick it into my veins. More Bulls basketball. Tell us all of the history behind all of this. Seeing the the operation of the NBA in the 80s to what it is now, amazing. Like looking at the way the old Chicago Stadium back in the day looked, seeing some of these road venues and what the seats are like and whether buildings were full, it's funny as hell to me. I'm also enjoying younger fans that I know watching this stuff. Like, I don't think that my friend Tony Gill knew about how rampant cocaine was in the late seventies and early eighties in the NBA and the NFL. But there are a lot of people that thought the NBA was doomed back then because so many guys were doing cocaine. And hearing Michael Jordan talk about the cocaine that was happening on his own team was, um, it was striking. Because you had an idea that there was a lot going on, but if you're Jordan and basically you walk in the room and everyone on the team for the most part is doing cocaine, that's a little scary. He's very careful not to name names. But in the 80s, that's what was going on in the NBA. So all in all, this was a, a great first and second start to this. I just pulled up my favorite chair, sat down, and just said, take me for a ride. And we got the ride. We got the ride, and I'm ready for more. I'm ready to talk with smart people about this throughout the week. I can't wait. One of those people I'm going to talk to on the show tomorrow is Terry Bores, who was covering the Bulls back then and writing columns about the Bulls back then. And then at towards the end was working at the score. I mean, he was there when Jordan got drafted. Another person I'm talking to is Jason Goff, and I can't wait to get his viewpoint on this. Jason was super young when the Bulls started winning championships. But by the time they get to 98, I want to say Jay, Jay is close to being, yeah, he's in the industry. He's 19. He started when 19 years old. So this is going to be fascinating. 
the whole thing, like getting people's opinion on this is going to be absolutely fascinating. So that's my quick recap of episodes one and two. I'll make sure I do these for the rest of the episodes. I appreciate you listening. Thanks so much. It was good hanging out with you on Twitter tonight. If you're on Twitter, at Lawrence W. Holmes is where you can follow me. You can follow me on Instagram, too. I'll be on the score Monday at noon talking about all of this stuff. Thanks for listening.